Hello, and welcome back to Inside the Inspired. I'm your host, Jonathan Cohen. We're here to kick off another episode with immense energy coming from none other than Ariane Rochette, the CEO and founder of Make It Tremble, a Pilates studio with seven locations across Miami and soon to be coming to New York. Ariane is an attorney with an awesome background. You can imagine we connected not only over our appreciation for the law, but of course, our love of health and wellness. I've learned so much from her and her staff as an athlete and the carryover to other modalities, but also about cultivating the confidence to see your passion through. I have personally attended multiple tremble classes and honestly, I have a newfound appreciation for Pilates. An open-minded, clean, safe, and welcoming space with patient instructors that actively elevate your game. I knew I had to bring Ariane on the show to talk about what it takes to build a business and your body. Join me in welcoming to the show my friend, Ariane Rochelle. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Inspired with my dear friend and inspiration, Ariane Rochelle, the CEO and owner of Make It Tremble. How are you today? Good. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. It is honestly my pleasure. Ariane and I met back in Miami a few months ago. And it was, I think it was the second trip I had taken after COVID. But you opened up my mind in a way that I didn't ever anticipate my life going. And I wanted to talk about that. But before we get into it, I want to introduce you to the audience and let them know who you are. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so you accepted a torturous invitation to Pilates, so thank you for that. <laughs> we are here today. Um, but yeah, I was born in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Um, I grew up in Maryland pretty much um, until I went to high school. Um, was always really active, a, a total academic, like always studying really hard. Went to uh, UC Berkeley for undergrad, studied political economy. Um, and then went to Stanford for my master's um, in international policy. And then just because I didn't think that there was enough school there, I thought I'd go to law school. Um, <laughs> had a great experience. Actually, I went to University of Miami, um, took the bar down in Florida and practiced for a little bit. And then I pivoted over to a world I never really imagined myself in. Like I pivoted over to the world of entrepreneurship, which is um, something I was, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about today, you know, the, how you get into it and all the, all the things, all the fun thing, things that come along with it. Um, and, you know, through that, I basically ended up um, starting a Pilates business. And through that, I also, you know, we ended up expanding locations. And now we have seven Tremble locations, almost seven. One's going to open at the end of October. Um, so we're really excited about that and just continuing to grow really. What an incredible story. And from top to bottom, I mean, from the second that we met, there was, we met through my cousin, uh, who's also been on the show at its inception in the version of it on Instagram before this, David Lekach, the, uh, founder of Dreamwater, Um, and we met at an event through an organization called EO. Yeah, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was walking into. I had no clue. I walk in, I see this beautiful format, beautiful setting, beautiful people, 
Miami backdrop. I hadn't seen Miami in so long. And David introduces us. Mm-hmm. And I was taken aback by your energy, like right from the get-go. You were like, come train. I was like, really? You were like, yeah. And I hadn't really trained with anyone at that point since I got to where I'm at with my fitness. Now, I really hadn't trained with a single person for over a year. And I had learned so much about the way I operate. And COVID gave me a platform to try new things. So when you invited me, I was all about it. Except the one thing was the invitation happened to be for like 7.15 on a Saturday morning. I know. I was like, there's no way you're going to take me up on this. I was like, I've invited people before and I invited you to like what I consider like the fight club of Pilates. So it's like a Saturday morning beating. Um, and, you know, we, we get people, we invite people every now and then to come and go, but this is sort of like our little workout group. Cause this is my time to also work out. And it's a workout group for a couple of us, you know, like four or five of us that get together every Saturday morning. It's like a tradition that we have and we work out sort of before the classes get started in the studio. So it wasn't just like you were walking into like a beginner's class. You were walking into <laughs> something a little challenging that day, but you accepted it and you were there. I was pretty impressed actually. Thank you so much. And I will say this, my core hurt for like four days after that. <laughs> and I think like lactic threshold is only supposed to be like 48 hours or something. <laughs> but it really was one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had in terms of like going through a class. And the initial introduction to Tremble, I had started really focusing on recovery. And I had talked to you about Pilates being an active recovery type of training and you're like "Mm, not so much like not the way we do it over (laughs) here and the perception of it wasn't that it wasn't difficult it was that it was low impact and as a result you could get a lot of work done without putting so much stress on your body and that to feel that to really understand what that meant in my own skin was surreal because you walk into the studio well i'm just gonna backtrack a bit so we have the conversation i meet you you invite me you know i walk we we uh go enjoy the rest of the night yeah and then i walked back over to you i was like no seriously i'm coming so uh in a few hours and show up half asleep i'm like i could barely even sleep that night because i was worried i was gonna miss it yeah Show up, walk in, and it is a beautiful studio. Thank and you, you see all the mega transformers. Am I saying that right? Yeah, mega reformers. Mega reformers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is this place? Like, I don't know what's going on. I've never used one of these things before. I'm a little nervous. And I'm surrounded by all of these Pilates savants. I'm in Miami. Like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I think it's a definitely an interesting and intense experience to walk into, as you mentioned, especially because, um, as you mentioned, you know, Pilates, traditional Pilates has a great reputation. I mean, it was actually, you're actually right, it was actually built for recovery and rehabilitation um, uh, for ballet dancers, dancers, you know, uh, even for weightlifters, it was, it was such a great recovery element. 
Um, and so I love traditional Pilates. What we do is that it's almost like Pilates inspired is what I like to say. So it's a combination of um, strength training, cardio and Pilates inspired movements all in one. Um, it's a much more intense, obviously, um, version of traditional Pilates. So we have, it's more of a modern take on what, you know, what Pilates was back in the day, which again, a great modality, but what we brought add to it is the cardio element, you know, a strength training element of it. And a lot of times I think in fitness, people think like more reps, faster you go, you know, you're going to work through it. And that's what makes it more difficult. And, you know, the speed of our classes also changes. So like for certain movements that you do, so just to back up for a second, so people understand what yeah. the reformer even is. So it's basically an apparatus that it's like has a spring system and it's based on resistance and counter resistance and all the springs have a different weight depending on where you are in the machine the weight you're pulling and pushing that weight changes on uh, depending on what movement you're doing that weight changes the essential you know element of it is that while it is a full body workout it's very core intensive and obviously you felt it um, yeah. immediately. But it's also an un unforgiving workout because you're using your own body weight in a lot of movements um, sometimes. And so it, I think initially, even with athletes, especially for athletes, because most athletes come in and they're really good at what they do. And I think Pilates is so interesting because it's one of those modalities that like puts everyone on an even playing field. So I say like, whether you're a beginner or a professional athlete, today you're a beginner, you know, at tremble and that's okay. But the people that come in and are like, they're open-minded, they know it's going to be tough. Um, but they're, you know, they go with it. Those are the ones that sort of get, get into it. It takes a few sessions to kind of get used to the machine, the way you're being pulled and pushed in certain ways. Um, and just like balance is different. So you might think you have balance and then you come and you work out one of these machines and you're like, oh, wow, my balance is different and off, but you know, you might be elevated. You might be in a different lunge movement than you're normally used to. Your body is working different ways. So I think it's a, you know, it's a really interesting take on um, traditional Pilates. I think it, we try to incorporate the best elements of it to bring it all together, but there is a surprise element of it, of it, because I think one part of that experience is people walk out and they are like, I just got my ass kicked in Pilates. Like, and they're not, you know, people say like a lot of our, even our professional athletes that come in, they're like, when I, I often, I often hear the phrase that was the hardest workout I tried for the first time, mm. you know, cause people are a little thrown off mentally by it. They think, Oh, it's a Pilates. Oh, it's going to be light stretching. It's our like impressions yeah. of what Pilates is. Yeah. So, and I'm like, like, okay, let's go. My phone was ringing. I was like, no, I can't do this right now. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, please continue. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, people come in and they think Pilates is going to be a light stretching or a different type of activity. And when you come, when you walk out and you're like drenched in sweat and you're literally trembling after the workout, um, people are quite surprised by it. But it's just, it's also one of those workouts that because it is low impact, you can do it for a pretty long time. Like it's like mm -hmm. you can see such wide age ranges of people in there. Um, and for most professional athletes, we train the ones that play, uh, you know, professional sports. They always say, I wish I would have done this while I was playing like the retired mm -hmm. ones. It would have made me a more versatile athlete. It would have made me better at what I did. So now we're trying to incorporate a little bit more with athletes and like while they're actually still in the programs and doing what they do. And in addition to, you know, the people that retire. So we're going to get into your clientele, obviously, yeah, because yeah. that is so super impressive, <laughs> but I'm still focused on you. 
you made a wild jump from practicing law mm-hmm. into athletics mm-hmm. or the fitness world. Mm-hmm. What prompted that? What gave you like the courage to be able to pursue an endeavor that obviously we're both passionate about, but you're actually seeing through? Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of, when I look back on that time, I don't like, I didn't have entrepreneurial parents. I didn't really, I wasn't like, I was sort of in that path where it's like, you go to school, you graduate, you've got, you know, you've got a settled job. You don't, you know, things are comfortable. They're safe. Um, And I always had a great support system, always had, you know, great parents, great, you know, great family, always like supporting me, but fitness was always a constant in my life. So whether highs and lows, whatever I was going through in my life, like fitness was something I could always fall back on whether, and it could be anything, whether it was a run, whether it was a Pilates class, a yoga class, that's why like it, it's just an, it was an important and integral part of my life. And I always knew, even from a young age, I knew like, I want to be strong at every age that I'm at. Like, I want to be, I want to be strong when I'm older. Like I, I knew that, like, even in like, I knew that when I was younger, I'm like, I I don't know if I'm like, I felt that long-term benefit of it. Like I was like, I want to, you know, be able to like have the best life possible in the best quality of life possible. And I knew that. And that's the one thing that stayed as a constant. So when I, I was, you know, practicing at the time. Um, I had a great gig. I had a great boss um, who was just like a lot of people in the legal world. Like I know that they struggle with, you know, different jobs and, you know, the grind can be really difficult. I had a really great boss who like always encouraged us to pursue our passions. And as a side business, I just w- I just wanted to, you know, open up a Pilates studio. Looking back on it, I had no idea what I was doing or getting myself involved in. <laughs> I, think I was like, I, at the time, I think I like our first location, I had our main studio and then I had an office in the back and I was like, oh, this is where I could practice law and like, I'm going to put a little cot here so I can like, you know, go to bed, you know, if I need a nap during the day, this is like, you know, I could just do two things at once here, like no big deal. This won't be a big deal because I didn't think that business was going to be as all encompassing as what it became to be. Then I started teaching and really learning all the facets of the business just by being there. So like the first year of that business was so critical. And also like it, like after graduating from law school and then you have masters and you have a law degree and you have this and you have that and and you've gained all these titles. And then you're like, boom, customer service, which is like so far off from what I think they teach you in law school, which again, my law school experience, but it's like, what's fair and unfair. And then you enter the business world and that flies out the door. Um, So, you know, I really like learn by doing, you know, I was like, oh, it doesn't really matter what's fair anymore. It's like what the customer wants and starting to listen to the needs of what our customers wanted. And in those initial stages, I was just trying to get clients through the door and to believe in like what we did. I believed in what we did, but you know, it takes a while to build that confidence. Um, but what ended up happening is that, you know, slowly we, we start to build a clientele and I started realizing that more of my efforts were going to need it, going to be needed, you know, deployed out into the business and to be able to hire a staff. This, I never did any of this, like this wasn't even a part of, you know, my plan, but, um, you know, and so from that point on, we just sort of, you know, and I say we, because it takes a team to do it, you know, it's 
it takes a real team to be able to do any of those things. Um, so we built a business together and there's something really kind of like special and magical about those initial stages as a business, because you're just learning a lot. There's a lot of hours that you put in and you just, you know, I look back at that now and I'm like, I'm so glad that I did that and that I learned everything from the ground up. Like I knew what it was like to be at the front desk. I knew what it was like to teach. I knew what it was like to schedule people. I knew what it was like when people flaked out on you, you know, I knew what it was like, you know, to feel like you're running to the studio in the morning to like, just because somebody didn't show up. I knew I felt all these things and all the pain points. And I quickly was like, okay, these are the pain points. How can I fix it? How can I get better? So it just started, you know, evolving. And I started evolving as a person as well, you know, in the way that I thought about business. And I mean, I really like prior to owning a business, I thought business school was a joke. Like, why would you go to business school? Like, you know, you're not learning anything. It seemed like a two-year vacation for most of my friends. Um, <laughs> And then I like ended up calling my friends who went to business school. <laughs> I, was like, oh. I was like, I have a question about this, you know, and everyone, you know, picked up my call and answered. But um, I think also just like in terms of personal development, it really like it softened my ego a little bit to be in a space that I really didn't know how to navigate and to like be vulnerable, to be able to like ask questions for people that, you know, you really don't know the answers to these things. And the only way you know, you either ask and you educate yourself or you learn through experience. And so it's a, you know, it's a dual process and some of it you have to kind of fail and trial by fire. And, but it just depends on like how quickly you are able to adapt and get back up on your feet. So like, if this marketing strategy doesn't work, let's go to the next, if the, you know, and realizing eventually that, you know, in order to build tremble i was going to have to have more people and people that i feel comfortable that could do the job better than me you know in certain ways like just to have that you know i think you know well in law school you're kind of out for your own and you know you're set to do the best that you can do um and the other side of that in business is you know that you want to find people that can help you that are smarter than you to help your business grow that way and to empower people to do that. And not in a way that you delegate where you have to micromanage, but almost like assign responsibility and give people, you know, the opportunity to become more of who they are as well and give them a path to develop, give them a path to success. And a lot of those things I learned along the way, you know, like lessons, like, you know, listening, <laughs> one of those, uh, you know, listening to your staff, listening to the people that you work with, understanding what they want so that you guys are aligned, um, as you grow. So basically we just, you know, it was that first location and, and we really enjoyed it. And we, we, um, really connected with the Coral Gables community. And from there, you know, just decided to continue to grow the locations. And that's just sort of how it happened. It's so patently obvious too. When I've met the staff and and the relationships that that exist within the community that is Tremble, you see people pushing each other, motivating one another, and the results also. A lot of training in general is about mind muscle. And I think that gets lost on a lot of people. It's about what you feel. And it's so interesting when you were describing the mega reformer I keep thinking transformer yeah, <laughs> like it. that it's based on where you are based on your body weight 
mm-hmm. angles, time under tension. These are all themes that carry over into life too. Yeah. And it sounds like in your business, when you're curating these training sessions, you had to take the time to really understand your own body in order to help other people. How do you find your own experiences effectively communicated to the consumer when you're when you're doing what it is that you're doing because just real quick when I first walked in we trained differently mm-hmm. me and you mm-hmm. but your level of fitness is obviously insane and I like to think mine is pretty solid too <laughs> you crushed me so like how are you able to get people on board in a way that's like, I believe in my service, my product, because you're going to see the results before they even know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think like, first of all, it's definitely something that takes years of training to be able to do in the sense of, you know, we spend one of the things that we we do at tremble is that we do something called study halls this is our version of continued training where Mm. we go actually back to basics so we we put our own instructors through our own tremble training but then afterwards we spend a lot of time going back to the books talking about cueing and communication and everything from how um how to you know call out transitions to how to develop trust with the client and it's practice, practice, practice. How can I get my, in 10 seconds, how can you get me to trust you in 10 seconds? You know, like these are the kind of scenarios that we put on our instructors, you know, in 10 seconds, tell me something that, you know, that I can, that will allow me to trust you. How can you earn the trust of your clients in these scenarios? And then the cueing and the music. And, and one of the things too, is that, you know, when you go through enough of these routines and you're practicing on your own, you know, to the second, what the client is going to feel mm. and you know to the second where to cue them to be next where to pull them where to how to explain you know how to do the next movement how to use the right metaphor where the countdown is you know where the countdown needs to be what kind of music you need to have at that time you know it's it's all like part of an experience and i think this is you know when people talk about like a unique differentiator in the business i think for fitness sometimes it's challenging right to explain what's your what's your unique differentiator what is it that you do that nobody else does and you know people always want to ask those questions and it's like there are these fine details that i think really differentiate brands like there's a tons of there are a ton of Pilates studio out there. I mean, I honestly don't even know the names of all of them in Miami for sure. I don't even know that I every day something new kind of comes up. So why do people continue to choose Tremble? And I think like that education behind the scenes that, you know, like we do, you know, a, so much continued training where we actually like analyze each and every instructor. I have somebody completely neutral come in and analyze all of us, literally write a four page detailed memo about each one of us, wow. even the way I teach. Cause I want to be, you know, part of the process too. You know, what could I do better? It's a feedback system, but we think about the words that we use, the intention that we have. We also on the people side of it, we also try to relate to our customers. Like when our customer is, you know, having a difficult time getting through a movement, you know, it's nice as an instructor to say, I was there too. Everybody was a beginner their first time. You should remember my first time on, you know, a machine like this. So it's about gaining, I think, first of all, it's the gaining the trust of your client and then really, really educating your client 
um, in an intelligent way about what's going on and in an effective way, because you can use all these fancy words to explain things, but you only have this much time with your client to really talk about like what you're working, how you're doing it. So we try not to get too complicated in the sessions because we want you know clients to be able to listen to certain things. And we also realize that the more you do of this, the better that you obviously get in this. And so, um, you know, it takes time, but oftentimes clients will come and say after like three to four classes, they say, is this getting harder? Or, and I always say, or are you getting better? Because now they're doing the movements correctly. Now they're listening a little bit more. And each time it's not supposed to be, I've never had in all my years, I still have never had one client come in and nail their first work. I mean, like just, it was, you know, I would never say nail the first workout. You know, I've, I've had people do very well at it, but I haven't had anybody just come in and nail it. And I think part of that is effective communication and educating your clients. And I felt that firsthand on that very first day. It was, and I've been back. I want to point that out. I've been back a few times, actually. And I have <laughs> made it a priority to. Obviously, the community is one thing. Uh, you, the staff, and I think... I'm trying to think. I think I've done two classes mm -hmm. in addition to the sessions that I've done with you and your staff, the fight club sessions, if you will. Yeah. And I haven't stopped promoting. When I when I say I, I almost won't go to any other Pilates class. In fact, I haven't been. And obviously, the brand loyalty is one thing. But you mentioned something um, that there's details that differentiate brands. And that, that reminded me of I have this book, Songwriters on Songwriting. And it's got like different interviews with obviously awesome talents over the years. And I don't want to misquote, but I believe it was Springsteen. Not that I'm a in particular Springsteen mm -hmm. fan, but nonetheless, his words are great. So he says that the details, the devil's in the details, right? We all know that one. But the divine can also be discovered there. And that really hits home for me because that is where the difference is when you're trying to distinguish yourself. And you got to find the divine within the details in order to make the impact that you're trying to make. And now the impact that you have made on every person that's walked through that door obviously ranges from beginner to advanced, but also from beginner to professional athlete and celebrity. So how do you walk through those individual sessions or classes? What's the approach when you're in front of someone who either you know has a reputation, has a career that's very distinguished, and you're teaching them to do something for the first time and they either A, may not take to it and you got to find a way to balance that out or maybe it's just not for them. Mm -hmm. How do you kind of walk that line of still doing your job and keeping a level head? Mm -hmm. I think like, I think those that are in this industry and in fitness, um, I know I've known for a very long time that I'm not really in the business of fitness. I'm in the business of people. I've known that for a really long time since the start of this. I've known that this is really having an impact on community. It's having an impact on people. Um, so when I get people to come in for that first time and relaying that, you know, I don't, I definitely don't sugarcoat it. Um, I, I, think that our workout works well with almost everyone. Um, and I say almost because it's it's not a 
physical fitness thing. It's a, it's a being an open thing. Um, I've had very, very, very strong people come in on the first try and, you know, and professional athletes I've had, uh, you know, just in the, I have, I have one story with one athlete that I was training a really, um, a really well-known basketball player, good at everything. He was a hall of famer and he came in and the first time he did this, um, you know, I was there after hours teaching him. And the first time he did this, he got up on the machine. He did about two moves and he said, you know what, this isn't for me. And this is Pilates and it's stupid. And so I, you know, I was like, okay. Um, and I think he thought that I was going to beg him to stay or say, Hey, let's give this a second chance. And, um, you know, Hey, like rah, rah, shish, boom, bah, and all this kind of stuff. But I knew he was an athlete. So I knew he had it within him to master this. I just knew it was within him. So I actually didn't say anything. I said, okay. I was like, that's fine. I'm like, we're going to like, thank you for trying. And like, you know, if you decide to give it a shot again, you know, let me know. That's it. I kind of left it at that. And, um, I was closing up and I think he was shocked that I didn't <laughs> ask him to like I'm step sure. up again. And, um, he sat on the bench we have in Coral Gables and, then he looks up and he goes, okay, show me one more thing, you know? And so I showed him one other move. Then he got into the groove of it and he actually became somebody who ended up bringing all of his friends, which were, you know, also prior teammates and coaches and things like that. That became, you know, a source of referral for the studio. But I think it's mostly knowing, um, not sugarcoat, like from my, from my experience, I don't try to sugarcoat the experience. I'm not here to destroy you by any means. Like I want this to be something that you can do um, today and tomorrow. And frankly, for as long as you possibly can. So I don't sugar the coat, the fact that it's, you know, I don't tell somebody that it's going to be an easy workout. This is going to be super light or anything like that. You know, you're going to have to work hard. And ultimately that is why people do come back. Cause it's not just like an elevated work ethic. It's an elevated mindset. You know, there's a reason like when you come to that 7 a.m. class, I mean, people are like, who gets up in Miami? It's, a, you know, 6 a.m. to make a 7 a.m. class. That's crazy. You know, but when <laughs> you say that, you know, people come in to do it. I mean, this is like a and and you experience it in a small group. But like when you're in a class, even though the, like the class sizes are left are kept intimate at a, you know, like we don't have 20 people in a room like we could have anywhere between like 10 and 15 in a room and we and that's because there's so much going on um and but yet there's a sense of camaraderie also in the room because you're working out and you're looking at the person next to you and you're like oh man we are going through the same thing right now yeah. and you know i think your neighbor sometimes helps keep it together and your coach just as well but I think the energy of the room is such that, hey, I know I signed up for something that's not easy, but I'm, I showed up, I'm here and I'm here to give my best. And I think that also translates to life. Like, I think I like to walk into rooms where, I mean, I, it's fun to like when people don't know that I own Tremble and I just like overhear conversations about it and they talk about instructors or, you know, word routines or whatever. I like to hear the feedback, good and bad. I like to hear feedback, um, but it's, it's fun to see the camaraderie with the community of, Hey, we're, you know, we didn't, we didn't choose something easy. 
we chose, you know, to be challenged. We chose something hard and we did it together. There's some sense of camaraderie in that that I think is pretty special. And the fact that it is a really, really non-discriminating workout, like I mentioned earlier, like men, women, you know, like you don't know when you get on that machine, you're like, how is this, you know, 70 some year old woman just rocking me right now. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we get a lot of that too. And then you get people that, you know, just they put their minds to it and they, you know, sort of slowly succeed. And, um, and we wouldn't be doing our jobs if we didn't push the clients a little further each day. You know, if we didn't, I think even the workout has evolved as a, in terms of like, um, intensity and like it's become more of a smarter workout also over time like we've thought of like just faster transitions like grouping of muscles you know what you know the way that we work the core the way we work the obliques um it's just that as you saw the transitions are super quick um Mm -hmm. they're fast but and then you slowly catch on to them so the first time you know it you're again you're moving back and forth very quickly but it's also like it's a great brain exercise too (laughs) you know because you're quickly moving, you're adapting really quickly, you're le- learning to work through, you know, something difficult, and you come out on the other side, it's a little bit of a journey. Um, and you're right, it does relate it has like a, you know, it does relate to life. And just going back to what you were saying before, a big theme that I have tried to kind of, I don't want to say modify, but just make clear, I guess, is that most people come up to me and they're like, oh, you're so intense. You're so intense. And, you know, your workouts would crush me. When I say crush, I want to be very clear. For me, training is about building always, even though physiologically we're breaking our bodies down and everything else is about recovery mentally i'm trying to build myself physically i'm trying to build myself so having an opportunity to do something like pilates in the manner that you presented very palatably and communally it's a platform for people to be able to enhance their mindset as you were saying bringing that elevated mindset while meeting new people trying new things pushing yourself and crushing can have that duality to it where you're pushing yourself but also building yourself i'm studying martial arts now i'm big on muay thai and proprioception body awareness kinesthetic awareness the way your body moves through space it's so important to me because that translates to my mind. I can be more aware in my everyday settings. When you try something like Pilates, and you mentioned the obliques, you mentioned the core, that's what hurt me for four days, by the way, so thank you for that. It's so key to have that awareness within you because the tighter your core is, the more awareness mentally you're going to have because you literally feel what's going on inside of you. And in turn, you can be better throughout the day, even if, you know, you're still actively recovering from <laughs> actively recovering. Yeah. So you mentioned that you're in the business of people. Mm-hmm. What do you find to be the most rewarding aspect 
of being in the business of people? I mean, I think that what's really amazing is I was sitting in a, what, you know, we have our, we have what we were, I was telling you about, it's called a study hall. So it's our continued education. And which we, is awesome, by the way. Thank you. Like CLEs for lawyers. Exactly. That's what it is, really. And it's people, you know, it's, it, I always do something is, you know, I don't, it's non mandatory, mandatory, right? So it's like everyone's going to show up, you know, because yeah. you want to, team player and you want to be there. And I don't want to have the type of staff that wouldn't show up to something like this because I feel like you can always learn something new. Um, but we have a director of education. She does a great job. And she asked the team, like, what does Tremble mean to you? You know, and everybody said something that was unrelated to fitness. And that made me really happy to see that Tremble was something more than just a workout to them, you know whether it was like the way they connect with clients or, you know, the way that they found family in Miami or their idea of what a family was, or that, you know, we do a give back program with the Sabrina Cohen foundation, which is like fitness for people with disabilities, um, you know, their way of like, you know, that they could be a part of that or to be able to give back as a part of that, or the fact that they're part of a really, like, we have a really smart staff. Like there are doctors and lawyers and like, I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, where you went to school and what you did, but even our director of education, she taught at a hair school, but she can teach, like she's got a gift of teaching. And so it really is like, for me to see that, um, you know, and I, and I have, a girl, right? I have a couple interns that are like 15 years old that they're really understanding the dynamics first time, first blush with business, understanding money and people and sales and customer service. And like, I wish I had that, you know, when I was 15 to have like just an awareness, a peek into the world of like what's possible and what you can be a part of. Like, I just, um, you know, that's really like what it's about. You know, when you see clients on the street who tell you like, who like pull up, cause we have on our app, we have, um, we have an, um, the ability to see how many classes you've taken. So when you, like I was at a restaurant and somebody, you know, was like, please, you know, I need to show you how many classes I've taken, you know, and it's like 500 and we have clients wow. that have 3000, you know, wow. and then they come to you and they tell you, I've taken a thousand classes and you're like, wow. You know, like <laughs> a lot of classes, you know, and to be committed in that way to something, um, is incredible, you know, to be committed. I mean, even through a pandemic to still be committed to still find a way to connect with your clients, even when, you know, the world is sort of shutting, feeling like it's shutting down in the moment, um, that, that a brand kind of goes beyond just like the four walls of your studio. You see like the way it impacts people outside of the studio. That's like, that's more rewarding to me than, you know, Hey, I've got like great apps, you know, because you're going to get great apps from this, no matter what, <laughs> like mm -hmm. you can't, it's guaranteed. Like you come and work out at tremble. You cannot not work your core. Like it's going to happen. <laughs> I know people are going to be super strong. I know it's going to help them in other aspects of their life. Um, and you know, like I said, it is full body, but it's like what happens outside of those four walls and the fact that like, you know, it's, it care, you know, the brand has, you know, a heavy connotation with the community. That's really like what it's all about. Cause I think if you see, if service is really one of your pillars, then, you know, you have to live it and you can't just say it. And, you know, you can't just be a brand that puts it out there and doesn't do anything about it. If diversity is going to be one of your pillars, you have to 
actually put into place. You have to do it. You have to tell people that this is what it's about, you know? Um, and so I think that that's really important. And I, not, not just diversity with people, but even age diversity, you know, like I get ideas from, you know, people all day, like some of the best ideas come from the 15 year old interns who just give me an awareness of what's going on, you know, in the world, like socially or this or that. And they're like, this is what's coming up. That's what's coming up new trends. So like even to see age diversity in business and, you know, now we have like, we're starting to push towards, like, we see like families, you know, coming in and out where it's like, I have, you know, our maintenance worker and his daughter is now stepping in as an intern. So you're like starting to build, you know, generations in a company. And that's really cool to see. So those are like the big picture things that I think, you know, separate you from just having a business and having an impact, you know, and that's, I think anybody can do that, but like not everybody can have an impact, you know, and that's like, that's like what I want to do. And what I, what I've set out to do is to have an impact that goes beyond the workout. I remember listening to something a while back. Uh, I believe it was David Geffen that said to Scooter Braun, no one's going to remember your name, but they'll remember your impact. Yeah. And that's such a powerful sentiment that you're bringing home right now. And just going off of that, you mentioned a strong core. I think strong core came up a few times in this conversation. <laughs> and to that effect, Tremble has some core values. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to hear from you about what inspired that. When you're brand building, when you're setting the tone for your business, your intention, mm-hmm. you you talked about pillars also. How did you go about establishing what you wanted to be the theme and core values for Tremble as you were building your business? Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is that when I first started the business, I feel like I didn't, I knew what my core values were. Like I felt like I, I'm going to operate with integrity and this is how I'm going to do things and I'm going to gain trust and respect and I'm going to do it every day and all this, you know, I knew it, but what I didn't do at the time was actually memorialize it. And what I realized was that and this might be, you know, be a cheesy exercise for most, but like not putting it and memorializing it on paper made me realize, okay, this exists in my head and that's great. But what are the other instructors going to do? What is the team going to do when they have to make a decision and I'm not here? What are they going to rely on? Um, what are they going to think about? You know, are they going to go the extra miles? So that's when I decided, okay, let's, let's really write these down. Let's think about them. And like, I'll give you one example, you know, the B in tremble stands for bold. And um, oftentimes, like when I'm making a decision and I'm like, well, we can go safe on this one. And I know like this is going to be fine and we'll go safe on this decision. It could be as simple as like a marketing decision, you know, and then I'm like, no, like I chose bold for a reason. You know, I chose to go to press forward reasons. That is my you know, that's my brand promise to myself um, and to our team. And so I'm going to go bold on this one. You know, if it's, you know, it, like one of them is, you know, to do more to think about more, you know? And so when we think about, um, and energy, you know, we think about that when, when 
you think about a routine and what you're bringing to the table, you could have a basic routine and you could be like any other Pilates studio, but you want to do more, you know, you want to bring more, you want to, you know, create that playlist in advance, create the routine in advance, do the playlist, you know, do the routine yourself, you know, do a little bit more. And it could be as simple as like, you know what, I see the trash overflowing today and I'm going to take it out because I'm not going to wait for the next person. Or it could be as simple as I'm going to make sure that the studio is set up for the next person the next day. Um, so they feel good about the way that they start their day. They're really, really small things, but these really, really small things begin to add up. And, and then you start to see a team develop that same mentality. And you really want to have people that have the same core values as you, because if you don't, you're just not going to be aligned. And, and I, part of that is I learned that the hard way, you know, like I, I got really good at hiring much slower and firing much quicker than I did in the beginning. In the beginning, I think I was just like, all right, I've got a team and a team shows up and this is good. And, you know, and then I was like, that's not good enough. You know, I want to, I want a team that's going to be excellent, not good. You know, I want a team that's not going to show up late. I want a team that, so I became, I spent a lot more time in the onboarding process of thinking about like what I wanted. And again, those core values came back up. So I keep that in mind, you know, when I, you know, when we're interviewing people or bringing new people onto the team, I, I think about those values and um, I think it's really important to, and they can evolve just like we talk about the constitution being a living, breathing document because we're lawyers, um, you know, the core values can evolve too. You know, you can say, you know, this is actually an important element. And I want to include this now. This is something that's been really integral for me. You know, I think during the pandemic for us, it was, you know, and we didn't, you know, I thought a lot about, you know, people that are able to work through a tough time and the way they're able to adapt. And wow, I, I you know, so one of the interview questions is like, you know, tell us about something tough you've worked, th worked through, you know, tell us about a tough time you've worked through. Like, is there every, anything you've ever feel like, you know, that was a challenging time you've worked through? Cause that's now important to me to see how people work through adversity. Cause I think it's, you know, when you have sort of like the successful parameters or all the elements to be successful and they're all there and you sort of like turn on that switch and it's just like that one little thing, but it's now for me, it's important. Like, you know, how do you respond during a difficult moment? You know, how do you, how do you show up for other people? That's become something that's very important for me. Um, and so they evolve over time, but it's something that I think you have to live and breathe every day. You know, I think if you want your team to do more, you have to do more. I think if you want your team to be bold, you have to be bold in what you do. You have to lead by example. Um, and so, you know, when I see our team taking on those core values, I'm proud, you know, that's the kind of team that I want to have. And it's not always easy, you know, it's like, you know, letting go of things and, you know, and not having that personal side to it can be really tough, but you know, it is business at the end of the day as well. Um, and you have to make the right decisions in terms of business. Listening to you speak, you know, I've learned so much from you as an instructor and as a friend. Person to person and, and literally just being on the other end of this conversation. Um, I'm so blessed to be in a position to have incredible people in my life where I get to ask them questions and learn from them. And seeing the development of Tremble, even since I met you until now, from the swag to the brand, to the commercials, to the mm -hmm. audience growing, the, the client base growing, it's really a beautiful process and story to see. And 
you're living it, you're breathing it, you're you're following through on your brand promise, you're you're really giving people something they didn't know they needed, myself included. As you look toward the future while being present, mm-hmm. where do you see Tremble going? Yeah, I mean, I truly believe that Tremble is a concept that can be everywhere in the U.S. You know, I, I truly believe that. I think that um, the market is totally ripe to have this type of Pilates and this type of community all across the country and internationally as well. So, you know, we're gearing up for scaling up in a different way right now. You know, I think mm-hmm. we have proven, you know, that we have proof of concept and I don't think it's just, and I think that it's one thing to, like I said, to be working through successful parameters, but, you know, I think with the pandemic and having, you know, we, we're going to be opening our like our fourth newest location currently during a pandemic, you know? So we're, we do feel like as a team mm-hmm. collectively, we're battle tested, you know, that we've been battle tested in a certain way that we're able to, you know, handle a hard time. And so as we, you know, sort of emerge out of COVID, I definitely see us in other markets. And um, I'm just really excited to get to know other parts of the country and get to know other people and to have, sort of a nationwide community that really adheres to Tremble. And I don't think, I think there are other great Pilates brands, um, but I don't think that there's one quite like Tremble. Um, and I don't think that there's one as tough as Tremble either. Mm. Um, and I think that there are, you know, I think there's definitely room in the market for us. And I think we bring something special and unique and it's just going to be finding, you know, the right people and the right communities to help us grow and continue to carry that out. But I think all the homework we've done, which is just like, what are our core values? Where do we want to go? Um, what kind of vision we have? You know, when I first opened the business, I was, you know, after law school, I was just hoping, okay, this is a crazy investment. I just, you know, spend thousands and thousands of dollars on Pilates equipment right after law school. So it seems like in retrospect, definitely seemed like a crazy idea. Um, but, you know, now that I see like every, you know, cent of that paid off and also just like in ways that are intangible as well, like not just, you know, great, we were successful and we grew and, you know, whatever. It, it was just that. So it's going to be kind of taking the company to the next level and seeing it grow across, across the country and hopefully in New York. So that's oh, my yeah. next out. <laughs> Let's go. So yeah. hyped for that. Finally, could start doing Pilates again. Exactly. And we got to get you down here again to get back to a regular workout routine. Honestly, can't come soon enough. You mentioned challenge. And I think what makes a challenge so awesome, if you will, is that it's attainable in a way where any good training session, you're pushing yourself just enough where it's like by the time you're getting to those last five seconds or that last rep or whatever it is that you're striving for, it's within your grasp. And if you can't get it, you know you're going to get it. And as you continue to set the bar for yourself as an individual and as a professional, when you see it's right there in front of you, that's at least for me what keeps bringing me back. So the first time you try something, it's difficult. The second time it gets easier, third, fourth, fifth. 
that's why I keep doing everything I'm doing. It's not just about who I am today, but it's about who I'm going to be 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. I want to be strong, to quote you, at every age. Mm-hmm. As you look at the challenges ahead, 10 years from now, let's say, mm-hmm. what do you think that version of you 10 years from now would say to you today in order to meet those obstacles? Mm-hmm. The only thing I would, the one thing I would say is like, don't let yourself get in your own way. Because I think like we're our own, obviously everybody has, you know, we, you know, we all think a certain thing about ourselves, you know, whether, no matter what anybody says, we all, we all have, you know, a feedback that comes in that we have to kind of quiet down that voice, that, that critical voice sometimes that says, you know, you're not good enough. You're this, you're that, whatever that is. And I think it's just working alongside that and saying, don't hold yourself back and, and keep your eyes open and, and stay alert for opportunities to move, continue move forward at every stage of this business. My vision has gotten bigger. You know, I've, I've like moved a little forward and then I'm like, oh, this is possible. Okay. Like you mentioned, you move, you know, you move another step where you're like, oh, wow, this is possible. So now I'm starting to see, you know, like I, I think one thing I wish I did earlier was to like, like not be afraid to have those big, you know, scary, huge goals, you know, and, and to actually say it and put it out there, you know, just, you know, don't be afraid to say, I want to be an international brand. I will be an international brand, you know, because I find that the more you say it and the more believe you believe it, the more you work towards that goal that's there. So it's like, I think before I was like, I, I blindly said a mark that I knew I could hit because of my own, you know, I was trying to, I think I was trying to protect myself. I've never missed anything. I've never missed a mark, you know, like I, it wasn't, you know, it's like, it felt, my life felt very linear, you know, in the sense of like, you know, you grow up and you go to high school and you graduate with a certain status and then you go to a great college and you, you know, next thing you know, you have a master's and boom, achievement, boom, achievement, boom, achievement, achievement, achievement. And then you don't hit, like, I don't think I like felt like I ever missed the mark, you know? And I think when you're in business, you will constantly miss the mark. It's your up. It's now, now that becomes a point of a learning experience or the ability to pivot or change something. And so I think I didn't set these big goals for myself because I was like, I know maybe I'll get there, but maybe I won't. Now I'm like, okay, international brand, let's do it. And, And like, now I can work backwards from that and not be afraid of that. You know? And when I see like this group, you know, that, that David's also an entrepreneur's organization. And you, and you start to surround yourself around people that have like seen an exit. They know what it's like. They have grown international companies and you're like, oh, they're a real person. They're just like me. They did the same thing as me. What's the difference? You know, they, they, I'm probably more educated than they are. How did they get there? And I'm, you know, you start to, you start thinking about that and you realize there's not that big of a difference. All it is, is that somebody is willing to do it. And I'm not saying that there's not hard work involved. There's lots of hard work involved. There's lots of late nights involved. There's lots of early mornings involved. But I think that it's the difference between somebody who's going to do it and not do it at the end of the day. And I think when you put yourself in that mindset of just don't be afraid and just do it, you know, that's, I think 
I mean, that's the first question I always get asked. It's like, you know, how did you, why did you make this jump? I mean, like, I think that first jump is so scary to people, you know, it's like, it's, it's scary. It's scary to get out of your comfort zone. But now that I see, like, I've met these entrepreneurs, it's like, oh, wow, they've done it. Okay. They built a company. Okay. It's just the next step. Okay. It's just, you know, going out to New York and finding a space. Okay. Now all of a sudden we have people there and like all the process moves. Um, and I think it's just not being afraid to set goals that are scary and not being afraid to put yourself out there. And, and if you fail, then take it on as a learning lesson, move forward. Carry on as you have, and you just continue to motivate me and push me in those moments where I'm a little bit off balance. You help me find it quite literally. Yeah. And because of it, I'm better physically and in turn emotionally so for that i thank you i hope that you had as much fun here today as i did because yeah, it was so, fun. so great i really wanted to give you a platform to express everything that your brand is about but who you are as an individual is really so special you know after you train me we we get something to eat and I get to know you even better and I continue to learn. And I hope one day I could give you as much as you've given me because in the few interactions that we got to have, you really are such a great friend and a, an incredible human. And it shows that everything that you do, your client base, your, your service, your product, your swag, keep shining i'm so proud of you and hopefully everyone else learned as much as i did today thank you that was so fun i love doing it and you know you got to come back to miami got to get that ball rolling. i'll be back oh i'll be back <laughs> this is just the beginning all right so until next time everyone my wonderful guest arian rashad make it tremble stay safe stay strong Stay mindful. Take care and see you on the next one.